The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Welcome, race fans. Here's your local racing authority, Sam Chapman, with this week's Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio. Welcome, race fans, and this is the Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio, and I'm your host, Sam. Here to recap a busy weekend of racing with Formula One in England, the Verizon IndyCar Series would hit the short track in Iowa, and the NASCAR Camping World Truck, Xfinity, and Spring Cup Series were all in Kentucky for a busy triple header weekend. We'll get things rolling with Formula One as they took to the Silverstone circuit for the British Grand Prix. Mercedes driver Lewis Hamilton would take the pole position in front of his home crowd in qualifying and leading the field off of the starting line Sunday afternoon. The race would begin under safety car conditions due to the moisture on track, but after several laps, the cars would be released and the race was on. Lewis Hamilton would lead the field from start to finish, dominating the event and going on to score the win in the British Grand Prix. Teammate Nico Rosberg would start closing on Hamilton in the final laps before a transmission issue would slow his car enough to no longer be a factor for the win, and Rosberg would be forced to settle for second. Rookie Max Verstappen would take the third and final podium position. Post-race, Rosberg would be hit with a 10-second time penalty for radio communications during his gearbox issues. This knocked Rosberg down to third, and Verstappen up to second place. The Verizon IndyCar Series would beat the three-quarter mile oval in Iowa for the Iowa Corn 300. Simon Pagano would take the pole in qualifying Saturday, but Joseph Newgarden, who is still a little tender following his crash in Texas that left him with a broken collarbone, would take the lead on the opening lap. Newgarden, who's finished second in the last two Iowa events, would absolutely dominate the race, going on to lead 282 out of 300 laps, more than any other IndyCar driver has ever done in a single race, as he cruised to the victory. Will Power would come home in second, and Scott Dixon would take the third and final podium position. The NASCAR Camping World Trucks would be the freshly repaved Kentucky Speedway Thursday night for the Buckle Up in Your Truck 225. Xfinity Series regular Daniel Suarez would lead the field to the green flag Thursday night, but it would be rookie sensation William Byron that would take the lead from Timothy Peters with less than 70 laps remaining in the event as Byron would go on to score his fourth win of the season in his Liberty University Toyota Tundra. Here's what young gun William Byron had to say after he scored his fourth win in only his 11th Camping World Truck Series start. Uh, it was a great win for us. We came into the weekend uh, a little bit conservative just because of the new surface, and we wanted to make sure we had trucks left for, for the summer stretch here. So we, uh, we kind of tiptoed our way through practice and got the truck pretty strong there at the end of practice. And then really the race came down to strategy and, and making the right calls, and we were able to make the right moves when we got back there on the same strategy as some guys, and I think we were 10th and uh, got our way to the lead, and that was really the key of the, the key part of the race. So if we hadn't gotten to the lead there, it would have been tough, but we had great pit stops, and uh, the guy, all the guys at KBM did a great job, had a fast Liberty University Tundra again, so it's great to get that chase spot, I guess, and <laughs> make sure we got that. So it's, uh, it's exciting, and I can't wait for the chase. The NASCAR Xfinity Series would also be in Kentucky for the Alsco 300. Kyle Busch would lead the field down to the drop of the green flag Friday evening. Busch would go on to lead 185 laps in Friday's Xfinity Series event. And holding off fellow Spring Cup Series driver Austin Dillon as the race went into overtime to get the win in Kentucky. Busch's teammate Daniel Suarez would be the highest finishing Xfinity Series regular coming home in third. Here's what race winner Kyle Busch had to say post-race. Yeah, obviously, uh, there at the end, you know, we had a, a really fast race car and we were running some really quick lap times and trying to stay ahead of our teammate Daniel Suarez there for for a lot of laps uh, from that third to last restart, whatever it was. And then, uh, you know, I, I was hoping that it would just kind of go green to the end. I felt pretty good about where we were and about the gap that I had on Suarez. So 
unfortunately, we got a caution there late in the game that kind of set up a, a green-white checker finish, and Suarez wasn't able to come home second, but we were still able to uh, to, to get a, a win. So feels good to, to score that victory here tonight and um, get back to victory lane here at Kentucky Speedway. It's been a long, long time for the JGR Xfinity Series program. Um, for me, it's been a long time, so, uh, you know, it certainly feels good. The NASCAR Spring Cup Series would also be in Kentucky to cap off the NASCAR Triple Header weekend with the Quaker State 400. Rain canceled qualifying, so the field was set based on owner points, putting Kevin Harvick at the front of the pack alongside Brad Keselowski for the drop of the green flag Saturday evening. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. would be the first car to have issues on track. Just 12 laps in, Stenhouse would lose a right front tire, sending his number 17 hard into the outside wall, bringing out the yellow flag early on. Jimmy Johnson would be the next driver with issues as he would be racing with a pack of cars, get loose and go for a spin, backing his lows number 48 Chevrolet into the turn four wall, ending his race early and bringing out the yellow on lap 33. Joey Logano would be the next driver with tire issues as he would lose a right front tire, diving into turn three. This would send Logano into the outside wall, damaging his number 22 and hurting his chances at a win in the process. Lap number 89, Ryan Blaney would get loose right after a restart. Chase Elliott, who was racing to Blaney's outside, would be collected by the 21 as he got loose, setting both those rookies around and into the turn four wall, bringing out the yellow flag once again and ending both of their shots at a win. On the following restart, we would see the big one in Kentucky. As Brian Scott in the 44 was coming off of turn two, he would get loose in front of Kyle Larson. Larson, with nowhere to go, would get into the back of the 44 just enough to send him around. Chris Busher, with nowhere to go, would pile drive the driver's side of Scott's number 44 Ford Fusion, setting off the big one. When all the dust had settled, Danica Patrick, Ty Dillon, AJ Allmendinger, and many others would receive damage in this incident. Landon Castle would bring out the final yellow flag of the day, with just under 70 laps remaining in Saturday night's race. Castle would lose a right front tire while running 19th, sending his number 38 Ford Fusion into the outside wall in turn two, ending his night just shy of the finish. This would set up the final dash to the checkered flag, which would sit just outside of the fuel window for these drivers to make it. Once the green flag waved, following the final caution, drivers went into fuel conservation mode, saving every drop of gas they could to possibly make it to the end. Keselowski would take the lead from Kevin Harvick on the restart and go on to lead the next 60 laps, before Matt Kenseth would take the lead with less than five laps to go. Kenseth proved to have pushed his car just a little too hard as he would run out of fuel in the closing laps, handing the lead back to Brad Keselowski. Coming off of turn two with two to go, Keselowski's car would sputter, causing Carl Edwards to close up on the rear bumper of the leader as Keselowski hit the reserve and got back up to speed. The reserve proved to be just enough as the sound of speed pre-race pick, Brad Keselowski, would cruise to his third win in Kentucky and second consecutive win in the Spring Cup Series. Carl Edwards would have to settle for second, Ryan Newman came home in third, and teammates Kurt Busch and Tony Stewart would round out the top five in Kentucky. Keselowski saved just enough fuel for the win and a little burnout before the tow truck had to push the two back to victory lane. Here's what Keselowski had to say after getting back-to-back wins. Well, rolling right into them last few laps. Um, <laughs> gosh, that was something. Uh, we weren't the best car tonight. Uh, that's for sure. The 78 car, he was really good. I thought the four car looked really good. 19, 20, they all looked really good. 18 looked really good. We seemed to kind of hover right in that fifth to eighth place range. And uh, we came down pit road. Uh, I think fifth was 72 to go, 73 to go. Uh, and left pit road fifth. I thought, well, you know, who knows how these things are going to go. But then the 78 got the penalty, moved us into the outside line on the restart, which uh, I think we saw all night was the preferred line. Uh, I was able to clear the uh, the two inside cars. I don't remember who they were. Uh, and get into turn three behind Kevin. And I was about half a car width back, which um, I had a pretty good idea if I could stay within a half a car length of him that I could, you know, create an arrow wake behind his car and, 
loosen him up a little bit without touching him. And sure enough, we went down the corner and it, it looked like he got really loose and I was able to make the move and get by him. Uh, you know, that's kind of a product of this package, just how hard the cars are to drive with somebody behind you. And uh, that worked out, you know, beautifully. We had a great car on restarts to kind of compliment that. And once I got to the lead there, I was like, okay, well, let's see how this all plays out. Uh, I kind of expected another restart. Uh, and our car was really fading on long runs. It was losing grip kind of rapidly. And uh, with about 20 or 30 to go, I said, like, oh, I'm going to be in trouble here. And uh, I was probably not going to be able to hold off the, the 78 and the, uh, the 20. Uh, that hadn't been our strength. And I think Paul Wolf, my crew chief, he saw that, made the aggressive call to uh, go to fuel mileage. Uh, I knew we were way short of being able to make it. So I got as aggressive as I could. And um, somehow we made it. And I'm not even sure you can really say we made it because, you know, we ran out with about two to go. Um, and it was, you know, by running out, I mean, it stumbled really, really bad. And I was able to um, just somehow limp it around the last two laps and stay ahead of Carl and, and bring her home. So uh, that was uh, that was something. This is a night I'm not going to forget. Last year we came here, I thought we were the best car and uh, it didn't catch a single break, didn't execute. Uh, and those two things kept us out of victory lane, not just here, but a lot of times last year. And this week uh, we caught some breaks, uh, we executed and we were able to win. So uh, not the fastest car, but it's still a hell of a team effort to, to be proud of. Points is NASCAR heads to Loudon. Brad Keselowski leads Kyle Busch, Carl Edwards, Jimmy Johnson, and Kevin Harvick rounds out the top five in the Chase Grid standings as we officially pass the halfway mark in the season. Carl Edwards was nearly able to steal the win from Keselowski before the two found a few more drops of fuel to make it to the finish. Here's what Edwards had to say following the exciting closing laps of the race. I thought he was out of fuel, and uh, he wasn't, so uh, he played it perfectly. You know, he let me get to him and then stood on it. Um, but we had an opportunity to win the race, and I, I really appreciate my my crew chief putting us in that position, and TRD and, and the, the power and the fuel mileage that we get. Those are great engines, so uh, we had a shot at it. We just, um, we just weren't able to do it, saved uh, a little too much. Join me this Sunday as I get you set up for the New Hampshire 301 as the NASCAR Spring Cup Series takes to the big paperclip track in Loudoun, New Hampshire. And I give you a brief preview of Honda Indy Toronto moments before the best of the best in the Verizon IndyCar Series battle it out on Lakeshore Boulevard. Until then, you can head on over to the Sound of Speed's Facebook and Twitter pages to keep in touch and up to speed with all sorts of motorsports news throughout the week. Before I go, I'd like to thank Beach Booster Radio. Without them, the sound of speed wouldn't be possible. Head on over to beachboosterradio.ca to listen to some great music, shows, and keep in touch with everything with Saga Beach. Hit the podcast tab at the top of the page where you can find the latest edition of the sound of speed along with all the other great shows Beach Booster Radio has to offer. Don't forget to check out the blog where you can find the digital version of the Beach Booster publication, which is always great to read. You can also download the Beach Booster Radio app from the Google Play and Apple App Store for free and take Beach Booster Radio with you everywhere you go. That's about it for tonight. Don't forget to join me Sunday to get set up for the NASCAR Spring Cup Series as they gear up for Loudon and the Verizon IndyCar Series as they prepare to hit the streets of Toronto. Thanks for listening, and have a great night, race fans. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, Mayor of the Town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.